Well, again, thank you for being here tonight. It is the month of February, and instead of torturing all of our single people about love and relationships and all that stuff, uh, I thought we'd talk about a different kind of love, a different approach to the concept of love. And we're going to be in a series over the next couple of weeks, so all my single people, you can thank me later after we you know, do the Connect Night and stuff. You can say thank you for not, you know, just twisting that into my heart even more. Uh, we're going to be in a three-week series entitled Love like Jesus. I truly believe that Christ and the whole message of the gospel was for Christ to come down here and show us his love. We're going to see that in God's word tonight. But I truly believe it is God's heart that we as individuals are to demonstrate that love back to one another. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the world will know how serious we are about this whole God thing by the what we show each other? The love. It's not a secret. It's the love we show one another. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to take three images of the person of Jesus, and we're going to begin to learn how did Jesus love people, and in what ways can we try to adapt that and internalize that and make that our own and become more like Christ in how we love. And tonight, to be honest with you, is a, is a little bit of a tougher conversation uh, because of the content of how we're going to learn to love like Jesus tonight. When I was in high school, my parents, or excuse me, when I was in middle school, my parents split up. But when I was in high school, uh, I, I really had this disdain towards my father. And he knows this, but I love him today, and we have a great relationship today. But there was a season in my life where it was so difficult. We lived in a house together, and, and, and my parents had split up, and he was dating, and it was awkward and weird for, you know, just to see your dad uh, not with your mother. And those of you that have experienced divorce, you understand what I'm talking about. It's, it's weird. It's devastating. It's it's. It's travesty. And so I remember just because of the situation in my life, having this utter struggle with the relationship with my father. Now, I don't know if I would ever say that I hated him, but there was definitely strain in our relationship. And I went to my youth pastor. He was there in my life to kind of keep things together. And I just remember asking him, I know God wants me to love people, but, you know, he's done so much to me. I just, there was so much hurt I was carrying and he took me to the passage of scripture we're going to be at tonight. And I truly believe that if you'll grab hold of the words that Jesus is going to share with us, it has the potential to transition and, excuse me, to transform your life tonight. Especially if you struggle with the context of the verse. So if you have your Bibles in the book of Matthew, chapter 6. And I've got to tell you where this verse falls. It falls right after the famous Lord's Prayer. We've all quoted the Lord's Prayer, but a lot of times we just stop after his kingdom come or after the glory and honor and praise. We just kind of stop at the end, but it really, I think Jesus was kind of finishing his thought at the end of the prayer when his disciples were asking him how to pray with these words. And it's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. The title of my message is Forgive Sinners. I shared that with you after we've already started so you can't walk out. All right, here we go. Verse 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Awesome. If we'd stop there, some of us would just be like, okay, I can process that. But Jesus didn't stop there. These next set of verses, or this next verse really shook me to the core. My youth pastor said, this applies to you if you're trying to pursue your relationship with Jesus and your dad. And he says this in verse 15, but if you do not forgive others their sins your heavenly father will not 
forgive you of yours. I remember panicking as a 17-year-old. As some of you maybe have started to panic right now. But wait a second. That can't be true, right? That can't be exactly what he's saying. But the reality is he's saying exactly what he means. If we harbor unforgiveness, it's bad. It's a bad state for those of us who are trying to pursue a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And I remember it set this panic and going, I don't, but, I, but I, don't, I don't want to forgive. I, you don't understand the, the hurt and the pain. And some of you in this room, that's exactly where you're at tonight with your relationship with God, with people, is that you have been, you, you, you have maybe even said this phrase, I don't want to forgive them. It's too hard. And rightfully so, we validate the emotion and validate the, the pain. But I got to repeat the scripture. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. Tonight we're going to learn how Jesus loved people through this word forgiveness. And we've talked about that in, this, in here in this room before. And every time I prepare a message about forgiveness or even worse, unforgiveness, I want to remind people, do you realize that unforgiveness is not even a real word? Every time I go to type it into my message notes and I'm going to share the word unforgiveness with you, it always is a little red squiggly line in Microsoft. Always. always. And I always have to click on it and go, did I spell it wrong again? And every time I do that, I go back and I go, oh yeah, I remind myself, the word unforgiveness isn't a real word. It was never meant to be in our vocabulary. It was never meant to be uh, something that we use in day-to-day -day language because God understood unforgiveness is a terrible disease. And I realize that some of us are struggling with that. And if we're going to learn to love like Jesus loved, tonight's message is all framed around this idea that we're going to learn to love through forgiveness. And we're going to show this in an amazing act of forgiveness that Jesus showed us. If you have your Bibles, we're also going to be in the book of Luke. So you can turn to the book of Luke, chapter 23, the end of the book. This is the part where Jesus is about to be crucified. Let me set the scene up for you. He's literally been paraded through town, his hometown. So some of you live in Creekside or some of you live in, you know, Northwest Crossing, kind of be like, them walking into your house, busting open your door, and then dragging you uh, just how they found you at two in the morning. And if you're like my son, you may have clothes on, you may not have clothes on, you know, depending on you. Uh, uh, dragged you out in the middle of your, in your street, you know, loud noise, so all your neighbor's lights are turning on, the blinds are being opened, everyone's watching, everyone knows it's you, they know it's your house, they know it, that, that's Jesus. He's just been paraded through the town that he's been hanging out in, he's grown up in, he's been paraded half naked, he's been beaten, he's been bruised, He's been, the crown of thorn is on his head and he's nailed to the cross between two thieves. An innocent man who's done nothing wrong even by their standards. They had to find, they had to, they had to go through the bloop, you know, fine print and then go through the fine print three times and go, I still find nothing. Remember uh, Pilate said, I, I still find nothing wrong. You guys handle this. I mean, it was like, I'm washing my hands. There, there's absolutely nothing I see worth this man going through this, but this is what you want. I'll give you what you want. And he's paraded and he's on the cross and he's innocent. He's done nothing wrong and he's put between a thief on this side a thief on this side are two criminals. Excuse me. That's the scene. He's there. He's about to be crucified between two criminals who deserve to be where they were 
but Jesus did not deserve. So you get where we're at. All right, here we go. And it says this in Luke chapter 23, verse 32. I'm talking about Jesus is about to show us what it truly means to love through the word of forgiveness. Here's what it says in verse 32 of verse of chapter 23. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they were crucified with him there along, along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And again, let me just paint this picture so we don't just, just skip through this. Crucifixion, I mean, the Romans had perfected this. These guys invented it and then perfected it. We get the phrase excruciating pain. That word excruciating literally means off the cross or from the cross. We understand it was the most excruciating pain. Nailed two hands feet above the ground where the only way to, 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 to breathe was to push up and that's just ripping flesh every time you do it in front of you know, people who are hurling insults and mocking him. I mean, that is the scene. It wasn't a quiet, private you know, moment. This was a public, the Romans said, we will hold crucifixion for the worst of the worst because crucifixion was gonna be a, it was gonna be a statement. If you, if you saw someone on a cross, they were the worst of the worst. And so they publicized it. They, 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 they made it. I mean, they were the, they perfected it. It's gruesome. That's, that's the scene. And Jesus is here. What did he do? Nothing. He's there. And, and, and they've got a crown above him. And they've got a sign that says, mocking him. Here's the king of the Jews. Even one criminal. I mean, just how humiliating does this have to be? Even one criminal says, hey, save yourself. You did all this stuff. Now just save yourself. He's even mocking him in this moment. Here's the picture. Humanity, God's creation at its worst. That's what I want you to picture. And the creator of the universe at his best. And here's what Jesus says. At our worst, here's Jesus at his best. He says this in verse 20, 34. In that scene, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Come on, don't gloss over that. In the darkest day of humanity, Jesus looks at our brokenness and our sin, and he says to you and I, humanity at that time, he says, forgive them. If we're gonna love like Jesus loves, we have to embrace this word, forgiveness. He was asking, I truly believe he was asking for forgiveness in one of the most unforgivable moments of humanity. Yeah, I can forgive you for eating a fruit, okay? I can forgive you for, you know, denying me, Peter. I can forgive you for, you know, not believing me and falling in the water and not walking and trusting me. But at our worst, God looks at you and I, humanity, and says, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Tonight we're talking about forgiving Sinners, this is the scene. This is what Jesus did. And I realize today, if you've lived long enough, you've got some hurt, you've got some pain, you've got some wounds that you brought into the room tonight. Like if you live beyond middle school, or have you, if you made it to middle school and you made it out of middle school, you've got some pain and some wounds, all right? Just going through that three years of your life, all right? I, it, is, it is almost a 100% each one of us walked in here with some pains, some wounds. Someone did you wrong. Your parents broke up and your whole world fell out from underneath you. Or maybe your boss said 
this about you and it was untrue. And so now you, you, you're carrying this hurt of I can't be trusted or I can't trust them or I can't trust people in authority or maybe uh, someone inappropriately touched you when you were young and you have the right to say I, I, it's hurt and it's pain and you've walked in here tonight with this, 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 this wound that's just gaping open or maybe you had an addiction and it's followed you all your life and, and, and you, you, you're actually, you, your pain is against your own self because you know you walked yourself into that or you've done some things on your own and, and you're carrying this own personal self hurt but it doesn't take us very long to experience life before we get hurt. I mean, you come out of the wound, you start walking, you fall down. I mean, you're going to experience hurt. It's a part of this world. Maybe you feel betrayed. Maybe someone gossiped about you. Maybe someone said some things, took it a little far, crossed the line. A parent who walked out or doesn't believe in you, or maybe it was even the church. Come on, we can get real, right? Maybe it was even someone, a, a Christian who was not acting very Christ-like that hurts you. And so we walk into this place, we, we watch, we tune in online, and we're, we're carrying this, this pain, this wound. Some of us in this room, maybe we're even holding a grudge from someone who's not even alive anymore. Dad passed away three years ago, and it's still, you're still carrying it. Tonight we're going to learn how to love like Jesus did through the word forgiveness. Maybe it's not even a big deal. Maybe it's not even like a one time someone did this, someone abused me, someone, someone you know, did me wrong in a business deal. Maybe it's not even like a one big thing, but maybe it's like, maybe it's like this. Maybe it's like the ongoing nagging that happens. I don't know, maybe you have a brother-in-law or somebody in your life that just, I mean, you just, when you look at him and you hear his name, it's not that he's done one thing to hurt you, but it, he does the, all these little small things that just, that get on, like they're putting little things under your fingernails. That's how it feels. You know, you're just, and you just, every time you see him at Christmas, you want to curse him. Every time you see him, you know, at Thanksgiving, you know, you wish you didn't see him. I don't know. Maybe it's not one thing someone's done, but maybe it's just been every time I walk into the workplace, I get hit. And every time I, you know, my marriage has become that. It's not she's done one thing, but it's just this all the time. And it's this constant thing. I don't know. I don't know what you're carrying. Maybe it's even, I'm mad at you, God. You, you didn't stop this. You didn't prevent this from happening. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, I, I don't know what you walked in, but I can guarantee that there's a lot of us in this room that came in with some open wounds. And how is forgiveness related to love? Because Romans chapter five, verse eight, it's not in your notes, but it ties this like a bow. I should have put it in there and I'm sorry I didn't. But, but Romans chapter five, verse eight says this, that God demonstrated his love for us that while we were, sinning, he died for us. That scene on the cross where he says, forgive them, that's the scene where he's dying, where he's giving his life. It's a demonstration of God's love for us. So if we're gonna love like Jesus did, then we're gonna have to learn what forgiveness really looks like according to how Jesus forgave. I know you're here going, there's, there's no, I'm a, you know, your heart's rate's going up. You're like, there's no way. He's, he's going to ask me to forgive my uncle who did this. He's going to ask me to forgive my spouse who I'm angry with. He's going to I'm not asking you to. Jesus already has. He's already laid it out in Scripture. If we don't, he's already told us the repercussion, the consequences, the outcome, if we try to harbor this and hold on to it. So tonight, how do we, two simple things tonight if you're taking notes, two simple things. How do we forgive 
like Jesus forgave. How, how, how do we do that? How do we step into our life and look those people in the face or go to the tombstone or, or, or look ourselves in the mirror? How do we? How do we forgive? Because if I forgive like Jesus, then all of us, uh, now I'm learning to love like Jesus loved. But how do we forgive like Jesus does? Number one, simply this. And these are simple in terms, because you guys know me, but they're pretty hard to apply. So I'm not trying to give you something simple and easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It is simple. It's not that many words, okay? But it's going to be difficult to apply it to our life. So how do we forgive like Jesus? Why? Uh, because we're trying to love like Jesus. How do we forgive like Jesus? Number one is we have to pray for those who hurt you. He's on the cross. Humanity is responsible for putting him through the physical pain. And in that physical pain, he models for us what we're to do when we go through emotional pain. Sometimes physical pain. Sometimes spiritual pain. He models it. What does he do? He looks up to heaven and he says, Father, Daddy, Abba, please forgive them. You pray for those who hurt you. That's where it starts, young man. That's where it starts, young lady. I know it wasn't your fault. You walked into the party. You didn't know that what the party was going to be about. I understand you're a victim. I get it. But you begin to pray. You've held on to that hurt and it's followed you all through college. It's followed you into your marriage. You can't be intimate with your husband. It's followed you into your job. You, you, can't, you can't communicate to people. You're, you're, you've got this wall around you. Hear me. It starts by saying, God, I pray for those who hurt me. Luke chapter 6, Jesus again speaking to us. He says something radical. He says something crazy. He says, bless those who curse you. What does it say? Pray for those who hurts you. And I know, if you're like me, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll pray. I'll pray for them. I'll pray that their armpits would be infested with the fleas of a thousand camels, God. Do it right now. Like, right? I'll pray. Watch me. I pray their car flips over and burns out. I pray, you know. That's not what we mean. I'll pray, right? That's, I get it. Some of you are like, I, I can do that. I'll pray. And God, God completely, Jesus is going to flip the script on everything these guys have been taught. He's speaking to them in this chapter, in Luke chapter 6. He's speaking to Jews, and he's got some Romans there listening in. He's about to flip it upside down, which we know is really right side up the way it's supposed to be. But he's going to undo history lesson for these guys, what they've been taught their whole life. He's going to say something that is the exact opposite that you and I were taught when we were growing up. If someone punches you, you punch them back, right? He's going to totally flip the script right after he says, uh, excuse me, in the book of Matthew, he's going to say this. Here's what he's going to say. In Matthew chapter 5, in that famous Sermon on the Mount, he says in verse 43, you've heard it said, you know it's been taught, it's culture, I get it. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and what? Hate your enemy. That's what everybody does. We love our neighbor and we hate those who hurt us. We hate our enemies. Enemy can be different things. Can be a boss, can be a spouse, can be, right? He says, listen, you've heard it said that your whole life. Hate your enemies. But then he's going to say, but I tell you, Jesus speaking, no, 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 no. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And you could just, you could see their jaws drop in that story. Like, did he just say pray for our enemies? Love our enemies and pray for what is this guy thinking? 
He completely flips the script. He says, this is what I say. The Jews were taught eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. That was the law. And Jesus is going to say, no, no, no. See, I'm doing a new thing. See, I'm going to produce something different in your life. So we pray for those who hurt you. So I'm just going to pause and I want you to, I know this is going to be tough. Has someone hurt you? Have you been betrayed? Are you carrying some kind of pain? Then maybe it's time we begin to say, God, I, I pray for them. You know what? However you need to start, it's a, it's a start. But we're to pray. That's the instruction we're given. We're to pray. Now, why did he start there? Like, why, 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 why did he model that before he's on? I mean, why is that? Jesus, why are you modeling? I think Jesus understands because there's no way we're going to be kind to that person if our attitude is all jacked up on the inside towards them. There's no way, right? There's no way I'm going to remotely think kind thoughts or be kind or show the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness to this person if on the inside my attitude towards them is I want to murder them, right? They're just, they're never going to line up. So Jesus is saying, listen, because that's never going to happen, start with the attitude, get in prayer, let your attitude be transformed, and then what happens is the action will follow. But I can't even talk to them. I know right now you can't because you haven't been praying for them. But if you got on your knees and began to say, God, I love my enemies and I pray for those who hurt me, watch how God will transform your actions. But it starts from the inside because attitude precedes action. Attitude precedes action. It's going to start with an attitude. If you're waiting for it, well, I just, I'll wait till I feel like forgiving them. You're going to be waiting until Jesus comes back. He's going to say, you, you ain't done it yet? Well, it's too late now, right? He, if you say, well, I'll wait till, I, you know, till, till it shows up in my, my emotion. I'll wait for I'm in the right mood. It's never going to happen. So start with praying for them as Jesus taught us. As he modeled on the cross, he prayed for them. Pray. For those who hurt us, love your enemies. And here's something I just want to, because some of you are already skeptical. It's not going to work. I'm going to pray and he's still going to be a jerk. I'm going to pray and she's still going to be a jerk. I'm going to pray and nothing's going to happen. L let, me, let me just say this to you. When you pray, that person may or, not, may or may not change, but you will always change. It may not change them. It may I've seen God do that. I've seen God harden, uh, soften uh, men's heart who've been in, involved in things that they shouldn't have been involved. I've seen God break. It may or may not, but I promise you, you on your knees praying for this person will always change you. It'll always put your heart in an attitude of forgiveness. If we're going to love like Jesus, we're going to forgive like Jesus, it starts with loving my enemies but praying for those who hurt you. Even if it starts with just a, a pray for them. <laughs> Even if it starts like that, listen, it will begin to transform you. So number one is we pray for those who hurt us. Number two is we forgive as we've been forgiven. Let me say that again because there was, you know, forgive as 
We've been forgiven. Okay, all right. We'll just read it in the Word of God. Here we go. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. It says this, Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive, what does it say? As the Lord forgave you. These are my words. God's trying to help us with it. Listen, if we're going to forgive, we're going to forgive as you and I have been forgiven. i got to be honest with you. I don't know about you, but I have been forgiven from a lot. From a lot of stuff. Before I was ever in the ministry, before I was ever a Christ follower, I did some dumb stuff. And I am so thankful that neither you nor God knows those things anymore about me. Because I'm a new person in Jesus. I know what I've been forgiven from. It's a huge thing. It's huge. But do you understand, can you embrace that? That we're to forgive not as your mother-in-law forgave you that one time and then brought it up five times later on at Thanksgiving. You know, no, 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 no. Forgive as God forgave us. That's the, that's the mandate. Jesus has forgiven me a ton. Come on, can you, can you just embrace that? You have been forgiven of a lot. Therefore, we are to pray for those who hurt us, but we are to forgive as Jesus has forgiven us. So it is a choice. And you can say tonight, you know, I'm going to choose to go down this road of forgiveness. I'm going to choose. It's hard. It, it is, I can already tell it's just, it's going to be tough. Or you can choose to just harbor bitterness. <laughs> you really can. Like, you could choose to be like the most bitter person on planet earth, right? Like, every time I see them, I'm just going to be grumpy all the time. Like, you could choose to do that all day long. You could choose to die a miserable old person or young person, all right? Because you may die young if you just harbor bitterness. Like, you could choose that. You really could. That could be your existence. You can choose to say, every time I see them, I'm just going to give them the evil eye. I'm going to, you know, every time they text me, I'm not going to answer back. Every time uh, they show up at Thanksgiving, I'm going to go in my room and I'm just going to shut the door and I'm going to pout and I'm just going to cry in my room. You know, you can choose all of that. You can choose and they may not even have a clue. You can wake up in the middle of the night and see be like, I still hate them. It's four in the morning. I'm, I'm losing sleep, but I hate them. You know, you can choose to be the worst or the best bitter person there is. You can. Or you can understand this phrase Aunt Lamont said, unforgiveness, it's like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die, right? Be like, you hurt me, I got you. <laughs> you know, like, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I had to look my dad in the face before I ever stepped on any platform, before I stepped into ministry. I had to stare him right in the face and say, God, Dad, I'm sorry. I need to ask your forgiveness because I have harbored. He didn't even know. No clue. But I have harbored this. I cannot, I cannot stand in front of anybody, my wife, my kids, nevertheless an audience tonight and talk about forgiveness if I hadn't done it in my own life. My father looked back at me and said, you know what, I need to ask your forgiveness. It was just a beautiful moment in my house. God forgives. God forgives. Forgiving someone won't change the past, but it will radically change your future. Pray for those who hurt you. Forgive as you've been forgiven. To love like Jesus, we must learn to forgive like Jesus. Next week, we're going to talk about 
this crazy story when Jesus washes the disciples' feet, what it truly means to be a servant of all. But tonight, some of you just, I mean, that's right here, right in the foyer. I mean, it's, that's where you're at, right here in the heart. There's unforgiveness from years past, two days ago. I don't know, but you've harbored unforgiveness. I want to remind you. I want to cautiously remind you. Jesus said, if we don't forgive, forgiveness is not available to us. So therefore, we're going to learn to forgive tonight. And I don't know what that practically means for you. I'm not trying to stir up anything in your house or from your past. Okay, I'm not asking you to go chase down somebody that, you know, and try to stir up something. But I am saying this. You need to do business with the Lord tonight. There may need to be someone's name called out in your prayer tonight. That just says, God, I pray for them. I feel like they've hurt me and I've harbored this unforgiveness. And it's, and it's eroded my ability to love others. Because if I'm going to love like you, I have to learn to forgive like you. So we're going to take a little moment in this time we have left with each other. A few minutes left. We're going to bow your heads and close our eyes. Why do we do that, Pastor Mike? Just so we can just block out everything. Your ears are throbbing because you're making me think about something that happened so many years ago that you tried to bury down. And the reality is it's not buried down. It lives right in front of you. But we're closing our eyes and we're bowing our heads because hopefully that'll put us in a posture to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. And maybe bring things up that we've tried to bury that unhealthily has just been devastating to our Christian faith. You're here tonight, you say, you know what, I need to let go. You need to, you need to pay back your kids, put the CD on, play the song back to them that they played for you for four years. Let it go, let it go, let it go. You need to play that in your heart. You need to play that to the Lord. Say, God, I'm letting this go. I'm bringing it to you tonight. If you're saying it's too hard, the pain's too deep, I promise you, take it to God tonight. He can handle it. He can heal it. He can fix, he can mend. He can, he can, he can put brokenness back together. That's what God does. We don't do that. That's what God does. God can take the pain from, from decades ago and heal it, bring closure to your spirit tonight. But it takes us saying, God, I forgive them. God, I, I pray for those who hurt me. So tonight, if that's you, this, if this message is just, it, this is where you're at tonight. And you're going to make a commitment in a moment, in a moment you're going to pray, you're going to pray a prayer of forgiveness. Would you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just lift your hand up and say, this is me. This is something I've been needing to do for a long time. And tonight, I want to get free from this in Jesus' name. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hands are all going out. You can put your hand down as soon as you put it up. God sees it. God's, God's partnering with you right now. I see your hands. Hands going up all over this place. In this special moment, you just cry out to God. You say, God, forgive me, but Lord, I, I forgive. And you can say it under your breath. If they're sitting next to you, you know, you might not want to do that. You might just, in your heart, say, God, I've held this grudge against my spouse or against my brother who's next, sitting next to me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. And let his forgiveness, let the blood of Jesus that he stood and looked at humanity and said, forgive them. Let that forgiveness just radiate all over your life right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, you saw, you saw the hands. And Lord, I pray right now in this moment that there would be true freedom from unforgiveness in our hearts. 
that Father, they would begin to unburden themselves, unburden themselves, that sometimes it's not possible on their own. They've tried to do it on their own, but tonight, supernaturally, God, only the way you can do it, unburden them from this burden. Unburden them from this terrible, terrible wound of unforgiveness. Father, go beyond in every seat, in every aisleway, and begin to, begin to bring healing, begin to bring healing to these wounds. Maybe it was a father-son that, that, that the son, maybe he, he did have some pride, but the dad didn't respond well, and there's been, there's been animosity between this father and his son. I pray right now for restoration in that relationship, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, ultimately, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, the ultimate level of forgiveness is giving our lives to Jesus and saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never looked up to heaven and said, God, that moment on the cross was for me. I need your son Jesus to wipe my sins clean. I've now forgiven my brother. I've now forgiven my, my sister or, 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 or that, 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 that coach or that teacher that, that, that maybe inappropriately touched you. Like Maybe you've let that go and there's, there's new life and there's, there's joy that you've never experienced before. But now it's time to say, God, I need your forgiveness. I have forgiven others. Now I need your forgiveness in my life. And if that be you, if you're here or watching online, you'd say, that'd be me. Would you say, tonight I want to give my life to Christ? Would you just simply, again, just lift your hand and say, that's me. All over this room, I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand, ma'am. Up here in the front, in this section, I see your hand. All over again, wow, God, you're doing great things again tonight. People are being born into the family of God and right here in this moment then all of us, church family, that know Jesus, we're going to say this prayer with them as an encouragement to them. Would you repeat after me, especially those who raise your hand. There's no, there's no power in, my, in the words that I choose. It's because what I pray, I believe. And when you pray, you believe. Like Pastor Alfred said, your faith is being ignited inside of you. That's what the Bible says is required for salvation, faith in Jesus. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and I'm going to ask everyone to pray for the sake of those who raised their hand. Would you, church, lead us together? Let's, let's see this prayer uh, be, be an anthem tonight as we close out this service. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I recognize today that I have sin in my life, and I am in desperate need of your forgiveness. Jesus, you went to the cross to pay for my sins. And so today I invite Jesus Christ and his gift of salvation into my life to be the Lord and to be the Savior of my heart. Lead me. Help me, God, to pray for my enemies and to forgive those like you forgave me just now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.